0: Welcome back, listeners. Here is another episode of Escape from Planet A for you. I'm your host, Chris, here with Tina and Adam for this episode. Hey, guys. Hey, what's, up? what's going on? Yeah. And before we get, we're gonna we're gonna chat a bit about the Peng Shui. Uh, uh, shui? How do how do you say her name? Peng Shui. Peng shui. Okay. All right. Uh, which I think is a bigger discussion, just about this. Um, I mean, I think neuroses is way too lighter word but you know america just getting obsessed with china just like with everything uh every day i think that's it uh but you know before we get to it i want to check up on you guys uh have you been doing this christmas season
1: uh pretty good i don't know man just working hanging out hanging out at home I'm, i'm supposed to be going back into the office but um actually i'm staying home more than i thought i would be just because the you know i'm actually a little bit wary of the commute
0: yeah, I I yeah. just got my booster yesterday, so I just like took it easy today. I'm pretty uh, what do you call it, like side effect free. Although there was like this that's good. There was this time like in the middle of the night when I I just started shivering for like five ten minutes. You know, you oh. ever like smoke so much weed you just start like shivering uncontrollably? Has that ever happened to you guys? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah that's what that's I've what I felt, out like, before. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's happened to me several times. So, uh, you know, I just like bundled up and just you know just ride it out, and then yeah, so.
2: Well, no, I'm glad that you didn't have a really bad reaction. I was out for a day. I was sick, sick like well, a dog. Did you?
0: Did that happen to you with the first couple of shots as well? No, it didn't. Oh, okay. So right.
2: it was a little surprising to me. Yeah, but,
0: I guess I'm just stronger than you, my body.
1: Yeah, I guess so. You're weak.
0: <laughs> You're weak, Adam. <laughs> no,
1: that's it's the opposite. The uh, the no, reaction exactly. is your is your immune system going into overdrive. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> No, uh, that that's some copium for you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a uh, great transition. Speaking of copium, well, let's get right into this. Uh, so, uh, Ateen, I th- I think you probably know the facts of this case more than us. So, you you want to just give us a background? Of I mean, no one really knows.
1: Th- that's the problem: is that there there aren't that many facts. To okay, that, uh, let's yeah. let's
0: uh, go with the New York Times version.
1: I mean, there's there's just, like, the basic fact is there's a tennis player. People may not have heard of her. I didn't really know about her. No, she's not very she's, good. I don't think she's, like, a top ten player. In no, that. not at all. Yeah. Not at uh, all. But she is part of the pro tour. Yeah. Um, so she's a good tennis player, just not a great pro. She's not, like, a standout pro. Right. Uh, but her name is uh, Peng Suai, as we discussed. And she became sort of a breakout Uh. <laughs> story in uh china and also particularly outside of china in the west because she had put a post on chinese social media uh weibo uh where she accused a uh former uh vice premier which is a you know a vice premier is a pretty high ranking person in the communist party uh of of uh rape basically right and so uh, people had screenshotted it and seen it and saw that post. But then, it, you know, th- that that sort of post is not going to stay on Chinese social media for very long. And so it was taken off. And ever since then, uh, and th- I think this was uh, about last month, right? And ever since then, uh, there's like been this sort of like global manhunt for Peng Sui. Where is Peng Sui? Where is she? Which is funny because no one knew where she was before, right? And no, I mean, one, she's, and no she's, one cared. And no one cared. No one cared. She's one, she's one uh, of, you know, 1.4 billion people living in China and no one thought to go look for her. So if you can't find her immediately, uh, what does that mean? It means, you, you know, nothing, right? But in this case, um, because they, you know, the media couldn't get in contact with her, uh, they immediately assumed that she had been sort of, you know, thrown into some dungeon and um, disappeared because disappeared. of her post, yeah. right? M- maybe she was dead. You know, they had speculated. Uh, If the media can't get in touch with you, then uh, you know, and you're in. (laughs) Do you exist? Then, then yeah, the you know the the burden is on them to produce you, and you are probably dead. Now later, uh, you know, this story became really big, and she did not respond. She doesn't have an agent to respond to this stuff. Uh, It got so big, and then the Women's Tennis Association. came out with a statement saying that they demanded proof of life and stuff. I mean, they basically were acting as if this was a hostage situation. They wanted proof of life or whatever. She didn't want to talk to them because I think um, for whatever reason, uh, they decided to, uh, or she decided to talk with the IOC, the International Olympic Committee uh, head. So she spoke with the head of the IOC. His name kind of eludes me at the moment. And he had a video conference with her. And I think he had two video conferences with her. And he came out and he said, you know, I talked to her face-to-face in real time. Uh, you know, I can't say that, you know, nothing's going on with respect to, like, you know, the government trying to obstruct her claims or what. I don't know what's going on. But from the video conference that I had with her, she seemed fine. She seemed in good spirits. And she was basically like, more or less, just, look, just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't want my name all over the fucking... News. I don't know what this is about. People have tried to reach me for comment. I don't want to talk to the the press, so leave me alone. And then uh, the WTA guy, Steve Simon, came out and said, um, uh, "I can't believe." I think this was his actual words, or something like, "I I, I find it, you know, a bo- uh, you know, I find it really sad that the IOC has colluded with the Chinese government on the reappearance of Peng Sui. <laughs> meaning. He colluded, was disa- yeah. yeah, he was disappointed that, well, he was accusing the IOC immediately of having been bought off by China, which is part of a pattern I've seen in the West, like when uh, the WHO sort of did not endorse the idea that the Chinese, that this came from a Chinese lab or whatever, COVID came from a Chinese lab, they were bought off by the, they were they're were accused of being bought off by China, etc. So anytime an international organization fails to adopt, uh, you know, the preferred Western narrative in uh, some kind of dispute with China, immediately that international organization, with no evidence, is accused of having been, quote, bought off by China. Um, And then the WTA, the the Women's Center Association, came out and said, uh, you know, from here on out, we're canceling all pro-women's tour events in China from here on out. Uh, and, I, and I thought, you know, when that happened, I thought, you know, I'm more impressed with that than this supposed boycott that the Biden announced against the Beijing Olympics, which are coming up in a few weeks. Uh, it's a diplomatic it- boycott. Right, because that was not a real boycott. They just told Kamala Harris she's not a she's not allowed to go. Right. <laughs> but the, you know, like NBC and she, all that. She wasn't even
0: gonna, invited in the first place. Yeah, That's you were right. never
1: invited. But now you're <laughs> yeah. really not going. You're going back. To you're gonna, really uh, not go. You're going back to Guatemala um, to tell everyone to really not. Go. So the thing with so the thing with the with the boycott of the Olympics, which I was disappointed by actually, was that. It was this half assed thing and Miyagi said, right? He told us, you know, karate do no, you're safe. Karate do yes, you're safe. Karate do guess so, you're fucked, right? Well, and Yoda so,
2: also says that there's only there's no um try. There's do or do not.
1: Yeah. Yoda said it too. Okay. To the two great you know, philosophers of, our, of time. our time. Yeah, the philosopher yeah. Work, philosopher kings of our time told us. Warriors, you know, yeah. you go all the way or you don't do it. But if you do half-assed things, you're gonna get squished like grape. And I think that the 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 at least the I, the Olympics boycott seem to be half-assed. You're gonna go, you're gonna piss, you're trying to please both sides, but you're gonna end up pissing both sides off. But with the WTA, I thought, wow, like they're actually putting their money where their mouth is. Unlike Biden, maybe I don't agree with their take on this Palm so I think. but they announced that they were they're going to really step up to the plate and say, no, you know what? Fuck your money. Fuck your endorsements. Fuck the deal. We're not doing any more things in China. And I, I was like, I wonder how long this is going to last. And within like three days, a higher governing body, the ITF, International Tennis Federation, came in and said, uh, Steve Simon's office, fucking rocker. We're not we're not canceling anything in China. Again. Wasn't I, it more
0: like one day? It, it I swear, one day. it was like,
1: it was like, it was like <laughs>
2: a few days. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm actually seeing a Reuters article right now. That says that they actually t- another about face. That says there will be no World Tennis Tour events held in China in 2022, according to an ITF source that told uh, that that talked to Reuters on Thursday. So maybe they've actually gone and
1: and they're going to do what the WTA said. Who knows? <laughs> it's still developing. This this is this is my point. Is like you you either do it or you don't do it. But it you know and I and this is my frustration is like with all this stuff it's 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 you know there's never full commitment to what's going on and uh sorry i that's a this is like that's a lot of information but that's basically the 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 overall story of what's going on now with the china the west and sports
0: yeah i mean my question is like regardless of what the the actual facts of the case is like why i mean we know why but it's like why do we care in America? Uh, I mean, stuff like this happens everywhere. I mean, for one thing, right now in our own fucking backyard, uh, you know, you talk about disappearance. We disappeared Jeffrey Epstein from life uh, just just last, this, wait, when did he die? Was it this year or last year? Whatever. That was last, yeah, I mean, last well, year. Last year. Uh, so this is nothing new. I mean, it happens everywhere, kind of. I'm like, you know, assuming yeah, this is true, let's just say. And, and then you got to start going to the motives. It's like, what are we looking for? And there was this Vox article that I read I try to like tie this to some like Me Too movement, and then it just says there that this is really about I think the American fear, and, and you know everyone on the American ally fear that if the Winter Olympics in Beijing goes too well, given how badly that, uh, especially America, but you know generally mm-hmm. uh, Western countries have handled COVID, and how supposedly well China has handled it. Uh, if the Olympics goes too well, it's just going to be further humiliation. Therefore, we got to do everything we can. To uh, you know, throw some wrenches in the in the gears of this Olympics machine, and just cause a whole bunch of ruckus. So it would, if it weren't this, it would have been something else. And because you know, this is not even the first time that a famous, like, she's not even the most famous person to have been supposedly disappeared by uh, the far Chinese government in the last like no, year yeah, or two. Jack, know, Jack like. Ma is yeah. We yeah, like, never is. really heard about that here. Nobody really cared about him. There were um, what was that actress's name? Fan is Bingbing. it fan bing bing or there's yeah, like a yeah she, she got disappeared nah. too. There's a fan bing bing and lee bing bing, right? I I forget yeah. which one it was. I think it was fan bing bing. I mean, supposedly she disappeared for a bit. It's all Wei was uh, the other one. She was Yeah, nobody theatrical. really cared. But then suddenly yeah. everyone is just we need to save this person that we didn't know about five minutes ago, but you know, it's all that all that nonsense. It was great. So. Like there's
1: a there's a there's a tweet by Serena Williams where she's like, I am devastated and shocked to hear about the news of my peer. Uh, Sui. I hope she is safe and found as soon as possible. Yeah, you probably do. What are you talking about? They're, they're acting like she got kidnapped <laughs> here. Like, they're, they're acting like she got thrown into the back of a tr- like a truck and, and like and just like I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
2: she's in the back of a van and yeah. is now in a gulag. The right? IOC
1: had like two video conferences with her. And said she's fine, and people are still going like, where? There's an entire section of the New York Times called the disappearance of pong <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and this section. is not the, and so right, and this is not to
2: say that the IOC so, is some sort of uncorruptible organization. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's crazy to think that like they just what they, they aren't to
1: be believed. It's not that, that the IOC you know? isn't incorruptible. It's that they actually had a video concert.
2: That's what I mean. Like they actually so had a video concert.
1: So, so it, it could be corrupt. They are corrupt. But the question is, is the head of the IOC lying? And I don't think anyone said he's lying. Right. They just because ignore what, it. What? No, what they're saying is that the the IOC has, uh cr- you know, is in collusion with the Chinese government to sort of like, you know, try try and spin what's going on with her uh to be less you know, less horrible than it really is. And I'm like, okay. That could be, but where is the evidence? Wh- where's the evidence that that happened? You see what I'm saying the only evidence is that it's China and China? When when you're talking about China or any sort of like socialist government in the world that's not a white government, like a you know like a Sweden or something, uh, not to say that they're socialist in that sense, but any 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 non-white socialist country that's not U.S. aligned, and China being chief among them, Russia the other one, you know, they're just assumed to have done something horrible and have and and it's our job to uncover it. So the absence of evidence is guilt. It's just it's just, you know, the absence of evidence is evidence of a cover-up. No one wants
2: to talk about or even mentions the you know Black Lives Matter activists that have ended up dead, right? We're we yeah, I mean
1: they don't they won't cover that, right? <laughs> no, so, they don't
2: cover that at all. Yeah. And it's like multiple people from like the beginning of that, like that were actually sidelined, but were at the beginning of black lives matter that end up being you know, end up dead in mysterious circumstances, but all this ink is spilled on a tennis player that is
1: alive. You know, she's okay. She's like, "Don't bother me." And yeah, she she's literally you know? asking to stop. Like, can can Steve Simon please stop harassing me? And they're you know like like please leave me alone. And they won't because they because just won't leave her alone. They because she's not actually her well being doesn't matter. What she wants doesn't matter. She's an excuse. For the West to go white savior, uh, act like the white savior. And and it's weird that we're doing that because I'm like, what do you think this is going to buy you? Like, I, I think right now that there's not much strategy to this. It's literally just old playbook, just run it over and over again without any regard as to whether this is actually helping us. Like, is this actually going to, is this strategically like wise? I don't even think it is. So. It's,
0: it's just pure emotion. Uh, mm. America's just been on a big losing streak and since like 2016, so it's just it's just like spastic, blah, blah, you know, just yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. thoughtless uh, reaction. And yeah, Adam, as you pointed out, there's like all sorts of shit going on here. And as I said, I mean, I, I brought up like Jeffrey Epstein. Like, why? Like, nobody was mad about that here. Like yeah, some like fringe podcast or something might get obsessed with that, but people just took it as a given. This guy who potentially could reveal or could have revealed all the corruption uh, in basically the, the like Western ruling class. Just so happened to uh, not only once but twice tried to commit suicide, um, uh, and nobody cared. And then people here were just like, "Well, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles." Yet, you know, on the other side of the world, this like one woman uh, supposedly doesn't post enough online and you you got these uh, wannabe crusaders uh, wanting to, uh, you know, get off their couches and use their legs, which they haven't used in the last two years (laughs) because they've just been sitting down all the time. And it's just, it's, it's pathetic. And the reason I don't care about it is not because I don't think there's something going on there. If, If not to hurt, there's obviously something probably going on just in the big scheme of things, just like in every government. But let's look at the real motives here. If this is all just to uh, pump up the fragile American self in, uh, self-esteem, I have no interest in prioritizing that in my time and energy. And yeah, I mean, you get this when, when I bet if you ask people who get really amped up about this, well, why don't you care about this and you know, this country or that? Tina, I think you were bring, uh, bringing up the Jamal Khashoggi thing. because. But if you ask people, like, why don't you care about that? They will probably outright say, well, we know that, uh, was it Saudi? Yeah, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they're, they're not really a big deal. They're not, they're not a threat to actually influence the world. So you admit this has nothing to do with actual ethics or anything. You're, it is just a great power competition. And if that, count me out. Yeah. I don't have time for this.
1: I think you're right that it's about America taking L's because what's really embarrassing about this um, is that you can sense how like the media just becomes defensive of American prestige. And therefore, I think they just refuse to do what they're supposed to do as, you know, as independent media, quote, independent media, which is to challenge power, right? Challenge the government's narrative. And they just, they don't do that anymore. And, you know, they're just, they're, 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 and you see it with, especially in the opinion pages, but it spills over into the news coverage too, where facts are marshaled in a certain way to present a narrative that um, really is, is, is creating a very simple Reagan-esque evil empire versus you know the Shining City on the Hill again. That's where we're headed. We're heading back to these simplistic good versus evil narratives. And it's comforting at a time when the U.S. Not only are we taking L's. I mean, it's just that we've gone mask off and we no longer enjoy the international reputation that we used to. Uh, as being this sort of advanced, enlightened civilization, and everyone saw what happened in Afghanistan. The entire world saw what happened in Afghanistan. And our last action there was to kill six children.
0: <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't laugh at that, but that, but that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so
1: what happened? Remember, there was like a bombing at the airport that killed. Mm-hmm. Oh right, people? yeah, yeah. So yeah. of course we can't let that go. We've got to retaliate, and so we ordered a drone strike, and then yeah. didn't say much about it, other than oh yeah, we killed the person who was responsible. Didn't say, didn't give details. Later, of <laughs> No course, evidence
2: that we actually killed the guy who was responsible. Yeah, no, responsible. you just
1: believed that they did. It was military intelligence. But of course, you know, in Afghanistan, there are actual real journalists, right? Not all of them are like aligned with the US. And they produced, um, ev- you know, they produced the facts on the ground, like what actually happened when that drone strike hit the ground. And they just killed a random family. And with six kids, they just killed them. Uh, they were not in any way tied to ISIL. There was no connection. These are just apparently a random family. Uh, and the US uh, finally, I think um, I, I looked it up today. Um, Jen Psaki admitted that it was a mistake. Uh, it was an unfortunate error that you know the Biden administration treats all civilian deaths as a tragedy, and they're going to investigate it. And they did investigate it in about a month later after it had died down the Pentagon quietly absolved itself of <laughs> any wrongdoing.
0: That's such a perfect coda to the whole thing where the US kills innocent Middle Easterners because it needs to save face or yeah. I don't know work out some emotional issue
1: to look strong. They just had to look strong because because they had fucked up the evacuation so badly the 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 you know the security was so bad That ISIL was able to kill like a bunch of U.S. soldiers, not to mention a bunch of Afghan, Afghan, yeah, uh, Afghani civilians, civilians, yeah. And it just showed our ass. Like you, you can't even you can't even run a proper evacuation out of the country without getting soldiers killed. But but like
2: killing random civilians is not an act of strength. So like in their in the U.S. military's sort of desperation to seem not weak, they do something extremely
1: weak, Uh, and. Yeah, that's my point. Is that is is that you know the world has seen what America's done, you know, and and that the idea that um you know when when Pisaki announced the boycott today, she said you know with with a real kind of glimmer in her eye that she was able to get to this sort of meat and <laughs> potatoes of American exceptionalist rhetoric that America always stands for human rights. Wherever God. and whenever in the world, it's just in the DNA of the American people. And I'm like, uh. the, literally the same day that she said that, they reported that, uh, you know, how there were um, personal sanctions placed on uh, sort of like the ruling cadre around uh, uh, bin Salman of Saudi Arabia because of Khashoggi. They never remember, they never put sanctions on Khashoggi himself because he's a head of state. So they said we won't. We're not going to fuck with the head of state, but we will.
0: You mean you know, Mohammed bin Salman?
1: Yeah, MBS. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't. We won't. Uh, you know, our investigation revealed he was directly responsible. But we're not going to sanction him because he's a head of state. You can find Blinken's statement on this. He actually said, "Unfortunately, we don't get to choose the rulers of Saudi Arabia. They do." <laughs> and he said, <laughs> and he said, and he said, and then he said, and then today, the. All the sanctions that were placed on, you know, the sort of like uh, second in commands that were tied to Khashoggi's murder, the recent uh, defense spending bill removed all of those sanctions. Right. So quiet, very quietly, you're not going to see the New York Times, you know, reporting much on that, even though you know, even though this was a killing of a fellow journalist, American journalist.
2: Right. And that, you know, and the lifting of the sanctions, as you as you said, and the fact that we're going to that they. um that they uh, approved the six hundred fifty million dollar arms deal to Saudi Arabia recently, and um, that the defense budget went up this year.
1: <laughs> End of war, and then yeah, we ended the, the war, budget. but we get
2: we need more money for the military guys. It's crazy, it's insane. It's like seven hundred sixty eight billion dollars in our defense budget this year.
0: Yeah, and, and that double standard with, with uh, Saudi Arabia is, is very indicative because you often, see, uh, you know, we we um I mean, Tina, you you uh, tweet a lot about this about how they're really really trying to uh, set off like Me Too in China, which yes. um you know if it happens, I mean, I it's I think it's a good thing, and I hope they deal with it internally. I trust absolutely no American. Uh, to uh, with their intentions. But, you know, if it's going to happen, they should do it on their own. Uh, but then, you know, it, you, you always read these stories about how, oh, did you know like China's so sexist? You know, like well, women, w- when they turn you know, 25, they call them Christmas cakes. I, I think that's technically Japan, but you know, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> you always hear that about China and you're, and then you take a, a country that the US is really trying to like suck up to, like India. And you're like, this like bus full of men like raped this 12-year-old girl and then set her on fire and chopped her up into pieces. And then people just like, yeah, well, what are you gonna do, Christmas cakes? You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's no, no it was bullshit. like it was like
1: when when MBS first came to power, they had all these like ref- the the new reform minded king is like uh a, you know attacking the old you know conservative order, and he has number one allowed women to drive, two they they're allowed to go to see they're go they c- they could go watch movies unaccompanied by a man. But, and was yeah, like, movies. whoa, Saudi Arabia, oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking awesome. Small guys. steps, right? Baby
0: steps, but, right? But not R-rated. They can only watch uh, – Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't watch an R-rated movie unless you're with an adult man. Yeah. And it's they never like, even did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. probably didn't
1: do it, right? So it's just re- – I mean what, what I'm saying is just like it, it's particularly painful. Like every country in a way is like America, right? It's, it's, it's sort of like biased towards its own interests and all this stuff, of course. The difference, though, in America is that we are so bought into the bullshit that we say. Like, we are so committed to this idea that America is like this innocent underdog that's just standing up to these bullies all around the world. And then you just take a look at the plain facts, the most plain facts of all. Like, okay, how many bases, uh, military bases, do we operate around the world? Like, more than any other empire in the world ever. We circle, like, every... We circle, we're basically everywhere, right?
0: I mean, people in other countries might have that same, uh, we are the, the most righteous people. But again, as I said, they're not the ones with, with all those bases around the world. Like you may think exactly. it, even, even like some um, you know, small tribe somewhere, in the, I bet probably thinks they're like the chosen people. It's natural. But again, those people don't have 20 aircraft carriers uh, sailing around the world. <laughs> At any one time. yeah and then you know every day you hear news about how one of their drones killed like 20 people at some wedding well they don't make well that's a price to pay for but they don't
1: and they don't start wars yeah exactly they don't start wars while proclaiming to the world that the war was oh we're we're defending ourselves in someone else's country in someone else's country yeah and uh you know and then we you know like we say all this shit like oh, the U.S. is like a beacon for freedom around the world. We believe in freedom, freedom. Like, freedom is so tightly associated with the United States, which is the ultimate irony, because, like, we have by far the highest incarceration rate in the entire fucking world. It's not even close. And if you account for the incarceration rate of black people in America, it's off the charts. I mean, nothing even... And not even America comes close to that, because... Uh, you're 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 talking about if you just focus on Black American incarceration, uh, you're talking at like levels of like fifteen hundred to two thousand people for, per one hundred k, whereas the global average is probably somewhere around one hundred fifty. You're talking like you know ten times the incarceration rate of like a normal country, ten times. Uh, so we have like the biggest, the biggest prison population like in gross terms and by incarceration rate and yet somehow the u.s is more than happy to go around and proclaim that we are the sort of like global symbol and you know this sort of like the global uh vanguard of freedom and we believe it even though the, there's these, these plain facts that are are uh standing in the way of that but
0: we're the only country in the world uh, where every criminal deserves to be in jail.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you bring it up to people, they'll be like, "Yeah, but see, we have we have an actual crime problem." <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, yeah, those people, you know, with their yeah, yeah. You know, those yeah. people. You know. I think this is somewhat related when we talk about America taking L's and just this wounded uh, national self-esteem. You guys saw that uh, Tucker Carlson uh, interview with what, what? It was is that Nigel, Nigel Farage? Nigel
1: Farage, yeah, yeah.
0: That was so weird. Interview. That was weird.
1: <laughs> that was weird all this like feminine. it's too long it's too long I to think. dr carlson
0: yeah i think it's too long to splice it in here uh so let's just summarize it um so carlson is interviewing farage and farage is going oh, I, I think he's really pissed off about boris johnson he basically thinks uh, boris johnson is a soy boy now because he got <laughs> covid
2: <laughs> wait, it, wait 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 what
0: yeah, right. team I'm right, yes. right. That, yeah, that's yeah, basically yeah. What the interviews. COVID. And then oh my God. apparently, I, I don't keep up with UK politics that much, but I, I think Boris Johnson like flip flopped on something. Maybe it was like mask mandates or something. And Farage is just talking about how, yeah, oh, you know, this is like COVID. It, it just makes our men weak. Uh, and you know, remember Johnson nearly died because of COVID. And I I I think Johnson said in an interview where it was something about you know he really like shook him up and it changed him. And then Farage interpreted that to mean. <laughs> he basically became a pussy because of COVID oh and then God. of course Carlson joins in he's like yeah you know what it, it just feminizes us it, it deprives us of our life force uh, direct vote oh. and then Farage goes on this weird thing where he talks about uh, I guess Johnson just recently married remarried is that is that true I don't Boris know Johnson I yeah yeah I think and he, he and got he's married like, yeah. he's like yeah he's got this like strong new wife and you know you know it, it, those, those strong wives you know they they lead to their husband's downfall or something. It's just such a weird interview. And you could just see this. And remember, remember that stuff about, it was a couple of months ago. I'm sure it's been distorted, but you know, let's just take it at face value because the people in America do take it as face value. But that thing about like, China's like trying to crack down on, on, you know, uh, like feminine boys or something. And then when people, when Americans reacted to that, you could just get a distinct taste of them thinking, damn it, why can't we do that? Um, right. It wasn't like anger. Like let our let our boys, you know, wear flowers in their hair if they want. It wasn't really that. It was more like, oh, you know, like, of course they would do that because they're authoritarian. But maybe we need a little bit of that.
1: Didn't didn't uh what's his name uh, uh Bill Maher kind of go down that route where he was like,
0: I mean, know, I'm sure he did. He's always whining about how uh, you know the, the, we're not in the good old days anymore. And you know, occasionally he'll have a good point about. You know, like language policing going too far. But lately, I mean, I, I've caught a few clips of him here and there. He's just gotten into very, you know, crotchety old, crotchety old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of tone. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's his generation that's like most, um, you know, sort of like this boomer and sort of like the the boomer lit uh, groups that are most sort of like threatened by what they see as a as as a, as a culture. That has really gotten away from them, you know. I feel like a lot of these like older people feel like the culture has gone soft, and you know can't, uh, you know can't rise to meet the challenge. And they see China as a challenge, and they can't.
0: It, it was on their watch, I bet. That's what really gets at them. It's like you know what when when my, when you know when my daddy or granddaddy was raising me, China was that you know, and you know, rest of East Asia really was just you know it. Bomb the hell out. We go there if we wanted a wife or whatever. We wanted some R&R. They will come here and they'd be so grateful and stuff. But but now, under our watch, they're the ones laughing at us. They're the ones to whom all, right. a lot of our wealth has gone. And and even worse, I mean, I, I think the ultimate disgrace for them would be if, like, Chinese guys became manlier than American guys. That would be the ultimate disgrace. <laughs> like, how well, could we al- let this happen?
2: I mean, well, also, yeah. I mean, w- w- we helped, like, Japan. We helped... Korea. We did all these things for yeah. These and we countries. shaped them in our image, though. And yeah, they're, they're, and not really. Yeah. I,
1: I don't agree with that. I think that
0: wait, which that, one, I think that
1: that we shaped, say, South Korea in our image. I think South. I, I think South. I think I think that's a mistake. I think South Koreans shaped their country in the way they saw fit, and the U.S. largely stood in the way of that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, long, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they, yeah,
2: absolutely. I bring it up because I'm just saying that, like, I mean, we
1: think, I think we think, what, I think we, I, we f- believe that we made South Korea. Right. But I think what, image,
2: what Chris's but, point yeah. is, is sort of like, uh, I'm just saying that, like, they're, I think that they feel sort of betrayed by the countries that, that they might have helped in, like, to develop in Asia. And now they see it as, like, you're ungrateful.
0: Well, I, I don't think they're ungrateful because, uh, you know, Japan and Korea are, are very good allies of the U.S. That's what I mean by shaping them in our image that yeah, they're, they're wealthy and uh, developed, and yeah, they have their own cultures and stuff, but they are on our side. Or we can uh, I count mean, on Maybe them.
2: Japan more than Korea. I think Korea has a more split,
1: you know. Uh, I don't think, that. I think both of them put on enough of a, I mean, they, they, they essentially are, uh, you know, signed on to the American security agreement in, in, in East Asia. They have bases, military bases there for the the Americans have a significant amount of authority in both Korea and in Japan as to how the they run their you know defense, uh, their military. So for for military purposes, I would say that you know it seems from from our perspective, South Korea and Japan are sort of appendages. We're fighting. we you know they're they're there to help us fight the evil communists and stuff for their own good, you know. <laughs> and right, <laughs> this is very World War Two level thinking. And it's not taking into account like anything that has happened between World War II and now, it seems. And, you know, part of it, I think, is, you know, two things is like, like America seems very Al Bundy to me right now, where it just keeps, we just keep reliving our glory days. And we had two particular glory moments. And one was 1945, the end of World War II. And the other is 1991 and the collapse of the Soviet Union. And both sort of, what were sort of like, you know, zeniths for American power and prestige. And also the notion of like American manhood. You know, it wasn't just that America was popular and stuff, but culture, the soft power, the notion of American culture as embodied by the American man uh, was at its very zenith in 45 and I think in 91. And now it's sort of at its low point. You know, and I think Me Too, as an example, was something that sort of blew the cover wide off, uh, right off for the mystique of the American man. And it turns out that American men, particularly ones in positions of power and privilege, uh, are just sort of like scummy pervs. You know, yeah, and, and across
0: the, I was going to say across, across the political the, spectrum, but yeah, I think Me Too yeah. was mainly liberal men, right? Because it, really? it was mainly Hollywood focus. I think it was. I don't really. I mean, you, you got your like Ted Haggard types uh, before uh, who would get, and then you know, all the Fox News, like Roger Ailes and and all that. But that was not Me Too. That, that was kind of distinct. That was like before, right? Me Too was very specifically uh, focused on Hollywood. And then you got into kind of like corporate environments like tech. But all these are very like democratic, liberal types of industries. And, you know, turned out they're just as bad. And yeah, that's it, right. It, that's right. Yeah. Because I think the always easy thing. And I think this is why the the punctuage thing is so useful, is that you know, you could always go after you know the the you know misogynist or something, but you could always say, well, you know, there we're there, there's like a good type of like, especially like white American men and it's probably like liberal, progressive, and all that. Uh, but then you know, Me Too and all that undercuts is like, well, where do we go from here? We need we need an outlet. We need a like a the steam. It's like building up too much. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Look at look at the look at China. That's uh that's you know like in the end, who's better than us? Even though all the shit we do. Who's better than us? Am I right, folks? That's basically what it is, right? The sad
1: part is it's self-delusional at this point, right? Like, we're just doing this to convince ourselves because we're not convincing anyone else. And like when it came to uh, the boycott, uh, the, the quote boycott uh, of the Olympics... Um, like nobody joined us. Like the it was the, it was the nope. typical it was, it was the AU, AU AUKUS. It was the it was Australia Canada. It was Canada the spi-
0: spineless Canada. You know yeah, the
1: UK. Uh,
2: yeah <laughs> Canada Australia UK. and uh, UK right yeah.
1: I mean those to countries are basically just moles growing off the back of America right. Um but no one like France said fuck you. Uh, no did the UK do it? Yeah UK did okay but rather reluctantly compared to Canada yeah. Australia, but uh, Israel. Came out and said that they thought that this was silly. <laughs> they were like, "This yeah. is silly. I don't know what you're doing." Um, like the, even our some of our closest allies, Germany, France, Israel, you know, they're like, "What are you doing?" And it turns out that the only ones that are willing to back it uh, is this new sort of thing that just happened overnight. It seems this AUKUS thing, A U K U S, which is one what, of the yeah, most. Yeah, what
2: was what is that? I've never heard of that. That, before. that
1: formed, I think, like after that, uh, re- very recently. Uh, you know, I think it had when I first heard of it, it was during that French submarine fiasco where uh oh, yeah. the, the Americans sort of like, you know, sabotage the the French uh contract to develop submarines for Australia. And huh. we royally pissed off France to, to the point where they were they were like basically turned into like, you know, uh a French caricature. They're like bleu and then they like slapped <laughs> us in the face um and then stormed out. Uh, But it was then that I started hearing this stuff about how we're going to reorient ourselves around a new sort of like a new sort of Western alliance called AUKUS, A-U-K-U-S, which is what I thought I figured it would include Canada, but it didn't. But what is AUKUS? I mean, it's just basically like at this point. It's just like a racial – it's like an Anglo alliance. It's just
0: – It's like all the white countries with the worst food. If your food is too good, you're not allowed in. It's not the Anglo countries. <laughs> yeah, it's it is the Anglo
1: Anglo-Saxon countries. countries.
2: Yeah. Um, it seems like Australia has the most power there because they're the ones technically closest to Asia and you'd want to have an eye on Asia, right?
1: Well, they're the ones that are um, the least powerful because their economy is totally dependent. Well, on yeah, no, it's totally shit. But yeah. I mean it, it – that's like it's
2: completely different than five eyes though who is in five at five eyes it's not like the same countries
0: was well, it five the eyes? same country though countries it's roughly zealand the same, same there, minus other
2: than new, new zealand, zealand maybe.
1: minus new zealand and i think south africa right
2: south ah africa. okay so it it's, might, but it's roughly the same right
1: africa. maybe not south africa they might be too black
2: i don't think south africa um, is in five
1: eyes yeah maybe not
0: no. yeah, it's australia yeah. canada new zealand uk and u.s
2: yeah Okay, so it's the same country as Five Eyes, but they don't like Five Eyes as the name. So They, they rebranded. <laughs> they rebrand. Okay. It knows New Zealand. Uh,
0: five Eyes, that's creepy. It makes people think of tarantulas.
2: That's right. Uh, what's that term for the thing where it's like if there's a. You look at it and it makes creeps you out, like with eyes or like too many circles or what's that? What's that term? Oh, uh. Trypophobia. Tryp- tryptopho- yeah. yeah.
1: Trypophobia or something. Yeah. But it, we're not convincing anyone. I mean, this is just like we're just deluding ourselves at this point. And I think that's very dangerous. Like
0: uh, Speaking of, speaking of delusions, I, I want to read a, a few tweets uh, of the, a, as we talked about this desperate desire to go to war, <laughs> this is by Carl Zha. He uh, screenshotted some uh, some screenshots. This guy said, the masculine urge to die in a war. One of those things, I'm just not convinced women can understand, LOL. When my buds and I talk about China, we almost get excited a little bit.
1: <laughs> it's like this overweight dude
0: oh Oh my god i get that you're very good at uh you know battlefield whatever uh the latest iteration is but you know not quite the same thing you might even be a pretty good airsoft player but he's like chayton for real dude men just
1: want to go back to the basics this chase guy hey josh it feels really wrong to say but it's so primal i can't help it lol i wonder if josh peacock josh peacock i wonder if it'll happen while i'm in (laughs) <laughs> while I'm in the metaverse while what i'm you
2: in what, about, yeah bro? the metaverse yeah. but like Josh peacock he he um he read too many uh, pickup artist uh, blog posts he had to put the peacocking in there it's um,
0: just it's just this modern society you know you got to work with women or god forbid under women it's just like yeah, it, it just takes away your uh testosterone you, dude you just it
2: feminizes with, you just like covid does
0: you know man you just gotta go in the woods with other men kill other men and then you know possibly fuck other you men know, That's i think the, this is, this is, funny is like it,
1: i think that the tendency over the past several decades or even more than that to specifically emasculate in in through cultural stereotypes, the Asians, uh, especially East Asians, uh, has really backfired in a way because it turned out that the East Asians are the one that 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 fucking ate America's lunch. And and so it's particularly uh, emasculating, oh, yeah. I think, to lose to the chinks.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And that's what yeah, it makes them really angry. When yeah, that happens.
1: It's, it's especially infuriating. You know, to have Jimmy O Yang eat, eat your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so it's just like and it they it, it and then they revert to these very performative, you know, like, oh bro, real dude. Just want to go back to the basics. Oh, I popped a chubby thinking about dying in a war, but these bitches just don't understand lol. You know, you're like, oh my god, we're fucked. I mean, if it really came down to it, we're fucked. Like, how are these people going to like reindustrialized? Uh, the Midwest. <laughs> you know, like,
2: Not oh, at give all. You a
1: fucking break.
2: Not at all. Oh, and it Jesus. would just kill them to learn that throughout history there have been so many like women war leaders and <laughs> just like
1: these people have no idea what they're they doing. have
2: no idea of history at all.
0: Also, throughout history, like war is how like the the weak males get weeded out of society. So you know these guys would probably be first on the chopping block if if that it were to resume. I mean, thank God that we don't do that anymore, but. They all think they're, I don't know, uh, Richard the Lionheart or something. No, you're that peasant who who gets run over by his own uh, yeah. knight.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: you're the person who is, on, you know, you didn't even get on a horse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you hear about this? Um, so Spider-Man No Way Home might not get a China release. And I was just on Reddit, okay. just looking through the, the movie subreddit. People are getting so mad. Why? And. Because because it's Spider Man that's that's like pure Americana and China is refusing to embrace it. And but why do they care? Yeah, like honestly, I don't like. Do well, they I, just... I think I think yeah. objective, Why do you care? Especially you're not losing any money, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can but, still
2: watch it, right? You're
0: not in China, right? But it's it's that thing like oh like they're not worshiping us anymore. You know they're not looking up to mm. our superheroes. Uh, you know, the that movie, uh, Battle at Lake Changjin, is going to be the, the number one movie uh, in the world this year. A- and like, absolutely nobody in America has seen it. I don't even, I knew it came out in a few that's, cities. Yeah, I have no idea. But you know, it's not like it got a release here. But no, it's like just Chinese audiences propelled that up into to number one. Like, not Dude, even,
2: that's what happens when they have three times the people. Yeah, more and, uh, than three times the
0: people. More, no, more like five, five times the people. And I think that's what yeah. Really just freaks Americans out. It's like you could fit like five Americas into China. They really don't need us <laughs> in in lots of ways. And I mean, you see this with the uh just just how much they seethe over like LeBron James and the NBA. It's just become a real like ugly focal point of a lot of anxieties. I mean, there's like the whole there's a whole money thing. It's like, oh, we can't we can't throw our weight around with our money bags anymore, but it's also He's like these ungrateful blacks, you know, they we gave them a whole league. I mean, basically, uh, you know, black men run the NBA. Uh it's mm. one of the most black dominated leagues um in sports. Pretty, pretty much the only one in terms of at every level, not just at the It is the level. only one,
2: yeah. It really and is the only one. I
0: think I think a lot of Americans, even like liberal ones, they just they just get very resentful when they see these rich black American dudes. They're not they're not reciprocating. You know, we need, we need them to have our backs against the chinks. And instead, these black guys are, are making deals with the chinks and they're, they don't care. And just like, after all we've done for you, you know, that kind of mentality.
1: Yeah. See, I think in times like this, like the level of my alienation from the mainstream of American culture and, and sort of consciousness is made more obvious and clear to me. And I'm glad I'm alienated from it because it's a bad look. But I just, it is a fundamental divide because I don't, I can't take any of this stuff. I can't feel it. Like I can't feel as an as a Chinese American, though some Chinese do, it seems, in America. Though I can't, I just cannot feel that sort of like, you know, deep sense of grievance watching America take L's because I know that so much of this is racial and racial cultural rather than, like actually thinking about what's best for America, right? So like, you know, I think that people who are a little bit more like full, uh, how do I put it? Like have thought a little bit deeper about the issues in America. Like what the fuck do I care about China, honestly? Or what the fuck do I care about our international stature? The problem is that we pay too much in taxes. We don't get anything back because all our taxes go to paying for war rather than for domestic spending, so, could, so but, but meanwhile, we have a government that, despite ending a war, just upped the budget of the Pentagon to something that has net to the level that is like thirty billion dollars higher than last year. We have one less major war and thirty billion more dollars going to the defense uh, department. So, why? Uh, that's thirty billion that we can't have going to other stuff, right? And and we don't question that. And it's because the reason we don't question it is because the military is our cock. And the bigger our cock is, the better we feel. And we have small cock syndrome in America right now, culturally speaking.
2: (laughs) That's right. Right? No no big dick energy. We have. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, fuck like, you know, vitamins, like, you know, fuck (laughs) like eating well or whatever. Just give me more Viagra, more Viagra, more dick pills, more defense spending. And that's literally what we are right now. And it is it's fucking pathetic,
2: right? And it goes. This goes back to sort of like the you know the the discussion we had last time that you had last time, Chris, with Jess about uh, where you talked about um, forgiving the college debt, right? And it's like for point zero, it's like point for like for like point zero three percent of the defense budget, (laughs) we could forgive all college debt or something like that. It's incredible. It's crazy, but it's just we won't do it.
0: Yeah, and then you look at Biden. Biden was, like, rather popular for half the year, like the first half of the year. When did everything start going south for him? It was in August when we pulled out of Afghanistan. Ever since then, it's been a lot of trouble. And, uh, yeah, and, Tina, as you said, America's just got that small dick syndrome. America's just in desperate need of one of those uh, Swedish-made penis enlarger pumps, and that's all we really (laughs) care about.
1: (laughs) What? That, that that thing is not my bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what this
0: is. What? This sort of thing isn't my bag, baby. A book written by Austin Powers. <laughs> Swedish made penis and larger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby.
2: <laughs> and why is this
0: Swedish? I never understood that. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, they're Ikea, they're just very good at putting things together. <laughs> That was way
2: before Ikea,
0: though, wasn't it? I, I, no, Ikea's been around for... Like Austin Powers came in the late 90s. Ikea's been around for far longer, I right? Think,
1: I think Swedish are supposed to be like sort of a little oh, bit... Oh, I know uh, why.
0: Because it's so cold in Sweden. So ah. it's like you, you might need, like in the cold months, especially <laughs> before they had indoor heating, you know, <laughs> men might have needed a little jump start.
2: But yeah, um, I mean, th- this is something that came to mind, though. You know, we were earlier in the conversation... I think when we were talking about uh, Peng Shui and um, just why we care so much about it, and the fact that I think that we need to sort of project ourselves onto the world and pretend that we care, because um, I see it, you know, just on our little list here about the abortion stuff, but adoption was brought into the abortion debate. America. Oh yeah. And it's always Amy, sort of like oh, yeah, Barrett, right? Barrett. With yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. And I, I who is a, an adoptive mother, right? She is of two <laughs> two um black children from Haiti, which has other... She has, she has seven kids. Wow. Um I think five who are, uh, that she gave birth to and two from Haiti that she adopted. She's but, like
1: super Catholic, right?
2: Yeah, she belongs well uh, supposedly she belongs to a sect, a uh, Catholic sect, where all the women um, need to Get permission from their husbands for any job that they take.
0: What? That's fucked yeah. up. Um, so, I
2: Don't guess in their world, him. her husband's like the most progressive because he lets her be uh, justice a justice Supreme court. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so I, I bring this up because not to really talk about that decision, but um, and it sort of like ties into the whole like Enos Cantor freedom discussion and things like that and all the citizenship stuff that I've talked about, right? With adoptees, like uh, you know, tens of thousands of adoptees not having citizenship, but Enos Cantor Freedom can get citizenship, right? Um, they so we can't pass a bill in Congress to give all adoptees citizenship, but we can introduce a bill that basically will project our morals and basically try to like you know work with other countries to make adoption easier. Um, they wrap it up in this like, you know, we care about children. But in the bill, they're saying, you know, we need to have, you know, an easy and, you know, vetted process to adopt children from those countries. Um, So we don't, you know, we don't want to take care of our own issues. We're going to project our power out to other people, you know, other countries. Um, You know, it's just crazy.
0: It's a classic case of that. Family or whatever always has like the the BMW, but then you go to their house and they like got no furniture. It's a classic case of that. It's just, first of all, like how did Cantor get citizenship? I'm, I'm guessing, like, how I'm guessing he wasn't like on an H1B for all this time and then they, they gave him like, I think, did he get have, like the 01 like, visa? Like, there's a, like, the yeah, there's like an extraordinary
1: skills visa as a yeah, pro I think athlete, it's I, I think that's yeah.
0: the 01 visa. I'm not sure, yeah, but actually, that's, that's yeah. a good question. Like, how do, how do foreign athletes play in the US? I think
1: um, I think there's a special visa for them. All right. Yeah, cuz I am guessing
0: they're not, on, they're not But on it's the H- just, it's just
2: kind of crazy, man. It's like we can't even pass a bill to give our you know people here uh citizenship. But we're going to give this fucking dickwad citizenship and we're going to try to like pass a bill to make it easier to do international adoption ostensibly for the what the health of the, the safety of the children, like,
0: it's not for the. That's not. It's 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 insane. Yeah, I and mean, you 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 got lead poison kids. You know, teenagers reading at like a th- you know third grade level right here in our backyard, and we're like, ah, well, you know, that's that's just the way it is. They and, chose and, to be like that,
2: right? And didn't Robert say that like basically, you know, because China and North Korea have abortion rights, maybe we shouldn't have it.
0: <laughs> well, he said that there are only, like, because, like, um, apparently there are seven countries in which you can still get abortions after, after 20, 20 weeks, weeks. or something. like right? Yeah. Singapore, Vietnam, Netherlands, Canada, North Korea, and China. Of course, he ignores uh, those other countries. And he's like, you know, um the only, basically made it seem as if the only other countries that do this are, you know, evil North Korea and evil China. Therefore, the U.S. should kind of scale it back to, I, th- I think they want a 15-week ban right that's what they're trying to do
2: um no so i think the the court case is at 24 weeks
0: or something like that. I, I saw 15 yeah, weeks, 24 somewhere. weeks. I, I think that's their ideal i think what they yeah. really want oh, is 15 right cap it at 15 weeks yeah. but yeah i mean he's like as i said there are plenty of other countries that have yeah. that same thing but See,
1: this is this is a thing it's a recurring theme like this this just inbuilt there's like they don't have to say anything these white people they just know The code is Mm -hmm. we don't we just don't respect Asian people. We don't respect Asian cultures. We don't respect Asian people. We may enjoy some of the things that they have. We may like them, but they're not, you know, they're not up to like they're not us. You know, they're 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 inferior. They're secondary, right? They're not in our sphere. It's so ingrained that they don't even have to say it. They just sort of it's just known. Like he like it's literally a legal argument that the lawyer can understand to be like. I don't think that you necessarily want to use international standards here because China and North Korea are pretty liberal on abortion too, right? Like, like once you say China, like there's no further explanation. I understand. And, you know, it's very tricky. And this is something that I found is like very central to some of my frustrations about being uh, an Asian American is that when I push back on this, it's because like I, growing up, like sort of like say bicultural, I guess is is one way to describe it. you could see both sides here. It's like, we would be so much better as a country, like as a culture, America, I mean, if we could learn to respect other people, including Asians. If we learned to open our minds up and learn from the rest of the world and just be like, Maybe instead of preaching and teaching all the time, maybe we should learn. Maybe we should fucking learn, right? Uh, It's been a long fucking time since America has had that sort of open-mindedness. And I think America was always at its best when it was able to have a certain... Like, even during the Cold War with the Soviet Union, we had a certain level of respect for the Soviets as sort of tough cultured disciplined uh you know we didn't we did eventually learn to mock them later but i think at the height of the cold war you know when we thought of the soviets like we thought of them as like a cultured people and that we should learn from them and we did learn from them you know like when it came to with sputnik or whatever as a as a typical example. You know, we didn't like report like, "Oh, uh technically that wasn't really a satellite and it didn't really technically orbit the earth for very long." And actually we're not really we our our, our uh, telescopes didn't really pick it up. So, we're not even sure they actually did it. Like that's what we would say today.
2: Yeah, right. No, that, oh, definitely. Oh, that didn't qualify. Yeah. But yeah, ba- yeah. you
1: know, back then in the 50s, the America was like, "Yep, they won. We're fucked." You know, uh we better we better get we we've, we got to get our shit together. Right. And so, you know, it's just it's it's frustrating to me, though, because if you bring this up as an Asian American, uh, people just assume that you're the one that has sort of like a fragile racial cultural ego. You're the one that's being defensive about your culture. You're to the point where other Asian Americans, even family members have accused me of this, that I'm defensive about China or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's I don't give a shit. I've been to China. They don't care. That's like they really don't care. Like they don't this doesn't bother them. They're not even aware of this shit, right? That's what I'm saying. Like we're just deceiving ourselves. Nobody in China gives a fuck about about any of this. Uh it's as an American where I'm like we would be so much better if we could just learn to respect other people enough to learn from them and not lie about ourselves. You know, not lie to ourselves about them and not have this ridiculously ugly outdated mind model where the rest of the world particularly the non-white parts of it are backwards and medieval and you know amoral and you know uh you know totally that we just don't share anything with them it's just i don't know it's just as an asian american you're kind of pushed into that corner to be like it's that oriental in you trying to get out isn't it it's that oriental that's taking offense to all this stuff uh i don't know i find Maybe there are people like that. I I don't know, but for me, it's just very frustrating because I'm like, no, I actually give a shit about America trying to improve itself since I fucking live here
0: and I have to share mm-hmm. this place. I, with I'm just with I'm just trying to think of uh, our mindset back in uh, the space. fair like, oh no, Sputnik doesn't count. They had the evil Nazis. We had the good Nazis. So uh, it like, <laughs> doesn't count. Uh, you know, you, uh, you know, it's so I funny mean, you
2: bring that up. Oh yeah, sorry, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, just I I I've gotten Apple TV Plus recently. And there's a show that's exactly about this, called uh, "For All Mankind," and it's like an alternate history show. And it's if um, they had beaten us, if Russia had beat us to the moon, that's like this the the divergence point on that TV show, and like what would have happened or what could have happened after that. Oh, and in that show, it's not like America sort of tucked tail and like didn't try or like tried to uh, tried to say that it they never landed on the moon, <laughs> so you know
0: yeah there's actually a a great i'm just trying to find it right now i I don't remember the website but it was a analysis of the bear and the dragon by tom clancy i really want to read that book even though it's like a a thousand pages i can't even find it a library and maybe they like they're too embarrassed to carry it but it it was such a good breakdown of the book and and it's exactly what you guys were just talking about how in the in you know in the cold war the, the u.s still had this begrudging respect for russia even at even when you know they were at their their the soviet you know at the height of its power as a kind of i don't know maybe like a wayward brother um, he kind of got lost along the way but you know we, we can kind of deal with them whereas with china it's just oh these are just these alien monsters like we we can't there's no hope of i mean how, of, how much uh, reconciling does reconciling with them
2: how much does the like does racism play into that? You think? I mean, like, probably use, like ninety five percent. I mean, right? it's like, like a wh- big what amount, right? I mean, Russia is still white, right? I mean, still ostensibly white.
0: I mean, they are. I, white. Think, it's just like, I think there
2: was right? always
1: a hope that Russians would become, you know, European style people. I mean, know, they like they
0: it, tried for a couple of hundred years, uh, you know, with Peter the Great, but you know, lately they've been kind of more. Because i I saw John this tweet but uh, and I was quoting like John Bolton recently he was saying how mm, basically Bolton. saying you know what russia you you know we've had problems, but you're white, we're white let you know <laughs> basically let's that's make what, friends let's kiss yeah, and make that's, up that's basically what it said, but <laughs> I think they I think Americans really i mean it's again it's kind of this a pretty uh
1: severe misreading of Russians when they no exactly It's this
0: a very america centric view of of race you know like America- uh, yeah. Russians what you know they, they have a whole different concept of who they are and you know i've i've read books uh there's a book i read uh called easternization by gideon rockman who was like under obama he was like some some like foreign affairs kind of guy but he interviews all these guys in like the the russian duma and everything and, and a lot of them were like really happy for china because they just fucking hate america and they're like yeah, we we we. You guys, but especially after the the fall of the Soviet Union, how you treated us for basically like twenty years, like we love it when you know basically China rubs your face in the shit, you know.
2: And I, think, I don't think like Russia and that area of like Europe and, and Eurasia um, were, were treated particularly well by you know Western Europeans for hundreds or thousands of years anyway. No, so yeah, they like, were looked this at idea as like that savages. Like, well, they're I mean, all Putin, just sort of European. That's kind of crazy to think. I mean like, p- people never listened. People I mean you know? Putin
1: is a caricature in America. Yeah. So we no one ever listens to him or thinks, you know, actually pays attention to what he says. Uh, but he actually does talk a lot. And if you if you listen to what he said, he's talked about this before. He was like that the most galling thing about the West and in America in particular, is the disrespect they have towards Russian culture. They think of Russians as he he said there is this belief that we just we just recently came down from the trees you know yeah. and 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 he Insane. when he says that he's you know they say they say like he really fucking means it he was like there is just an open disrespect for for russia what i find interesting though is that um like with russia i don't think we're as committed to the idea that russians are like I think we're we're not as threatened by Russians just because we know that materially speaking, they can't compete with us. Their economy is like, you know, not not good. They're relatively small cu- country uh, population wise. Siberia is pretty much useless land. Yeah, um, they have a lot of. So they're they actually have kind of a small country land, in its own way. Yeah. And so I think because we have that material superiority over Russia. Uh, I don't think we feel threatened by the Russians. And you know, there's the racial aspect, but there's also the fact that like there's just materially there's no competition. But with China, I feel like lately there has been this fear that China might be materially superior to the United States. Maybe the numbers aren't quite there yet in terms of GDP or whatever. But damn, if you look at the pictures, it's like, you know, their their cities appear more like larger and more modern than our cities. Their people seem very modern, very educated, very cultured. It's starting to feel like we are losing material superiority over China, not to mention the sort of humiliating fact that the more we shit on China, the more aware we are of how many Chinese products are in our home. And we're not just talking about shitty, you know, plastic toys or whatever, but all no, the no. Mo- most high value electronics and all this stuff, it's all made in China. And so, If you don't have that material superiority, I think what we are fast realizing now is, okay, we may have to concede material superiority, but we must retain moral superiority to China. I think that's why the, if I remember distinctly back in 2000, like early 2000s, and I went to China, the attitude, and this is a surprising thing now, is like how quickly attitudes about China have changed because back in like the 2000s we were very very pro China as a country. You didn't see sinophobic stuff in the newspapers like you do now. You saw a lot of positive reporting about China. You saw a lot of reporting that anticipated that China would kind of open up the way South Korea, Taiwan, Japan did to us. Mm-hmm. And we would be able to we would basically a lot of American businesses and businessmen would be able to go to China and make their fortunes. And I've ran into you know, uh, some bankers from the US when I was in China, who were so eager to talk to us because I was speaking in English. And they were just like, wow, you know, they just saw like, this place is incredible. You know, they just saw so much potential. And it didn't really go that way. If you go to China now, you don't really see any Citibank branches around, you know. Um, And I think, when that dream died, you know it's just like Marcus Zuckerberg is the perfect example of this. Do you remember? Like he was so pro China. Oh yeah, they tried he, so
2: hard to get into China. He actually had
1: he was learning Mandarin and he actually had a a, a copy of Xi's book, Xi, Xi Jinping's book, like conspicuously. He would carry it around with him to his Mandarin classes, and then he met Xi Jinping in, in one one of his official state visits to America, uh, with to visit Obama, and he asked Xi to name his baby daughter. It, to Chris you know give her a chinese name he he said no but he asked and this was when zuckerberg thought facebook had a chance at taking over the chinese market this this is before china you know china's social media companies went you know to the moon so he thought face you know china was going to be his next big conquest after india and it didn't happen. And then after it was done, it finally connected in his head that this was never going to happen for him. Now he's become super anti-China and he's going off on this whole thing about how China is, uh, you know, the evil government and they using the social network, the social network to do spying in a way that, you know, would be unacceptable, et cetera. They're a huge threat. TikTok's a huge threat, blah, blah, blah. Changed his mind very quickly once he realized oh, I'm not going to be the social media king of China, you know, and I think that that was kind of what was going on with a lot of Americans is especially the elites that thought that they were that China would be a goldmine for them when it turned out that, no, they're not really going to be just conceding their market to you. That The market might be closed for you, that you're not going to make all your money in China, um, that Chinese are going to make money in China and maybe other foreigners are going to make money in China, but not not you. Right. Once that happened, I think that flip from material superiority to moral superiority happened. Because the, if you go back to the early two thousands, there was a sort of there there was a view of Chinese as good natured people, but sort of backwards. So we were we were with a more comfortable, position
2: unsophisticated, of, right? Unsophisticated, can, you can, yeah. You can fool them. You can get in there. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we were materially superior, but morally we were on the level. Like they they were good people. They were. But material, they're just unsophisticated. I think we prefer that. I think our fallback is to be like, "Whoa, they're actually pretty fucking uh, materially there. They've got they're, they're they're industrious. They can you know." They, but now we have to paint them as savages, and that's a harder task because there's not a lot of evidence for that.
0: Yeah, remember the uh, 2008 Beijing Olympics? I mean, you contrast that to the you know 2022. You know, for the most part. Everyone was really supportive of the 2008 Olympics. Oh yeah, some some were like, well, it might you know some some you know workers might have gotten like abused because they had to build this and that too quickly. Yeah, I remember with the opening ceremony, there you know there were like those extravagant displays of like a thousand drummers drumming in unison. And some people were joking, oh that's kind of scary and all that. But it was like kind of happy for them. Do do you know
1: how how different it was in 2008 that. Do you, do you remember that an American coach was murdered in China during the games? I don't know. By I have no man? idea. I don't remember that. You don't <laughs> I don't remember, remember that, that right? at all. So the, the, the head – you can look it up. The head coach of the women's volleyball team, uh, American women's volleyball team, was murdered while sightseeing uh, in China during the Olympics. Holy he, was, he was murdered holy by an insane Chinese man. And not, they didn't really – they buried that. They didn't really talk about that. Holy but shit. Imagine if that happened – in in beijing in the in the coming weeks if an american got murdered in china what that would be like now
0: wait wait, was that coach a woman no it was a man okay Uh, Okay. if it was a woman i'm gonna say imagine if she were just like catcalled by some chinese guy in in beijing oh it would be oh you know pandemonium that was a a father-in-law it
2: was the father-in-law of a u.s olympic coach
0: Uh, Oh, okay. Well, regardless, it was an American. Yeah, but um, it was an American, yeah.
1: Todd Backman was murdered, Yeah. yeah.
0: Jeez. Did not know that. And I remember in the 2012 presidential election, when Mitt Romney was asked who was the greatest geopolitical threat, he said Russia. And, you know, he got mocked a lot for that, but I think it's because people expect him to say ISIS or something. Like China, I don't think really, you know, despite what the Obama government was doing kind of, you know, on the down low, in the public consciousness, like, you know, China wasn't even up there, even in 2012.
1: I think, didn't, wait, you're saying Biden said that or Romney?
0: Romney said that.
1: Uh, Yeah, Biden said the same thing during his, during, just recently, like, during his campaign. He said that about China. Oh, uh, Yeah. He said, oh, come on, China, man. Come on. They, you know, he dismissed the idea that China could be an actual material competition to the US with this sort of like, you know, sort of old man, like, come on, man, we're American." You know like uh, you changed this tune, obviously. but yeah, I think the rec- the', the it's, it's so it's it's so ubiquitous. it's so it's everywhere now, this sort of like Chinese alarmism that it's almost very difficult to imagine when it wasn't like this. And it was very recently that um, things were very different. Um, and so it kind of makes me worried just because like how quickly things have changed. But it seems like the momentum just, just keeps growing for more of this Chinese threat, Chinese threat, Chinese threat thing. And uh, who knows where it's going to go? I mean, it's kind of scary. where are like, you know, we're entering into like a true arms race at this point. Uh, the the U.S. is, you know, the U.S. has openly been saying that, you know, we've got um, you know we've got a gap in hypersonic missile technology and we've 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 got to catch up and so we need additional billions in funding to develop more missiles and oh we're in a fucking arms race all of a sudden um i don't know it's it's alarming to me and um anyway that's the that's the story of Pong Sui.
0: <laughs> all right uh probably a good place to wrap it up then yeah. uh so Thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, hope everyone's having a you know pretty good Christmas season. It's still early in December, so got a few weeks to go. But you know, get your presents ready and spend time with your friends and family, and all that. Watch some good Christmas movies and TV. All right. Until then, goodbye, everyone. See
1: you.